going on everybody and welcome to another episode of fat attack features the bad rad and horror movie podcast i'm your host capo and today we're going to talk about the 2016 movie the transfiguration so let's get to it and we're just going to dive right into it because we have time constraints Mm-hmm. we have things to do we are back lane is back yeah you weren't here for um twilight of the cockroaches you were in new jersey i was but you watched part of it in New Jersey. I did attempt to watch it because it was on... Amazon well, Prime. Yeah. I attempted to watch it and I think I fell asleep. And then you woke up and there was talking poop. There was a talking poop. And then that was the end of it. Yeah, I was like, mm, no, I don't think I can watch this. Yeah. And then uh, Halloween, you were at work. and I, I, uh, I watched that new VHS movie. Yeah. Kind of glad I didn't have to watch that movie, though. You know, but there's one really good segment in it. I would almost, I'd almost just get you just to watch that one segment. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't have any. I didn't. I don't know what it is even about, so I don't have anything to comment on. Well, it. see, we watched the last VHS movie. And it was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. VHS eighty four. That one was really shitty. But now they have another one, VHS eighty five, that they re, they uh, they film back to back with this new one. Okay. So, they're going to have another one coming out. Ooh, and Toho announced they're doing a new Godzilla movie. So, that's pretty cool. Oh, okay. But it exists outside the universe of, like, the monsterverse that they're doing here in America with, like, King Kong vs. Godzilla and shit. They have, their like, their own thing going on. And see, the last movie they put out was, like, 2014, like, 15, somewhere in there. And that was Shin Godzilla. And that was really good. It was a... Uh, Godzilla political thriller. I don't think I saw that. Ooh, I own it. We should watch it. Okay. It's like a huge take on like, uh, so like they made this movie to reflect like this part of time in Japan where like they had this nuclear plant that ended up having this meltdown. And then when they investigated into it, it could have easily been avoided, but just like nobody gave a shit. And the government was just like so slow to act on it that it ended up causing this huge fucking meltdown and these floods were going on, killed a bunch of people and shit. And all of it could have been avoided if the government would have just been like doing their shit. It's kind of like a break on a, uh, allegory. Okay. For that. But with Godzilla in it. Cause like the movie, it's like, yeah, it's Godzilla kind of, mm-hmm. but it's this, it's like a sea creature. Cause it doesn't start out as like Godzilla and it starts once it comes on land it starts mutating and getting bigger and turning into other things until it eventually becomes a Godzilla. So it's like 
it starts Pokemon at, and it evolves. Uh, yeah, but like it's, it's like, like there's a part where it's like a giant bird <laughs> that can't fly, and it's just like it's like a, it looks like a fucking turkey, mm. and it's and then it like just but then it's the uh, the huge part of it is like the government going through like. Who's responsible to like make the decisions on how to deal with this? Is it the is it the the president? Is it the fucking military? Oh, but it came in through the water. So does that have to go like through maritime shit? I don't know. It's really uh it's really interesting. There's definitely not another Godzilla movie like it. Huh. It it's, we just have to watch it. It's just like the government side of a Godzilla movie. Like, their Godzilla is, like, kind of fucking shit up, but it's really the behind-the-scenes shit of, like, how would you react to this actually, like, going down, you know? Or how the government reacts. Right, right, right. Huh. Yeah, it was really interesting and very, very well done. So, at first, I was like, oh, man, that I thought that it was going to be a sequel off to that because they leave off the end of that to a potential sequel that would be, like, super fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. But they said that it's not a sequel to that. It's going to be its own standalone film. So, I don't know. See Toho comes up with. Yeah. Have you watched anything good lately? Um, I did watch some stuff this week, I think. See if I can remember what I watched. Uh, I've been watching the new season of Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's mm. Tale, or whatever that's called. A Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's. Um... I was watching something on uh, Amazon Prime called Mammals. Mm. It's like six episodes, and it's about um, basically a married couple's relationship. And the husband finds out that the wife is cheating on him, and it Mm -hmm. goes from there. Very basic. Yeah. It has an interesting twist at the end, I guess. Oh. I've been watching uh, The Inside Job on Netflix. That's pretty good. It's a cartoon. It's that cartoon. Yeah. yeah. I think I watched an episode or two of that. Yeah, that's good. And the the second part just came out on Friday. So Second part of the season? Well, I guess the second season. But they say oh. like part one, part two, but it's oh. f- fucking seasons. All know? right. Then Mob Psycho's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mob Psycho's been really good. Yeah, I've been watching that. Well, we watched that. Yeah, I know I've been watching stuff. I just don't, nothing really stands out. I think because I fall asleep. Yeah. It happens. Let's get to it. Okay. The Transfiguration. Yep. May 14th, 2016 premieres at Cannes Music, Cannes Music Festival. No, it's Cannes. Cannes? Yeah, it's French. Oh. Well, there you go. Omelette du fromage. It's omelette with cheese. That's all the French you know. <laughs> well, I know. there's cheese. French word. We've gone over this before. Yeah, because we were talking about uh, Cordon Bleu. Oh, yeah. But omelette du fromage. It's omelette with cheese. Learned that from Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because uh, Dexter fucking makes this machine to like learn him, teach him how to like, learn French in his sleep. But some like fucks up with it. And it just keeps saying omelette du fromage. And so the only word he can speak is omelette du fromage. <laughs> but it's been a while since I watched Dexter Lab. Uh, but then it like it like propels him to like stardom because 
every question he's answered in school, the answer is omelette du fromage. And then he like goes on Jeopardy and then like win Jeopardy, the fucking answer to the question is omelette du fromage. And then like it makes him like a celebrity and a superstar, but then he can't get into his lab because they asked for his password and all you can say is omelette du fromage. Oh, so he literally turns into like a Groot, except he says. Yes. Okay. And it like makes him like a fucking like superstar. Huh. And, uh, but then when he goes back to his lab, he can't get in because he can't say anything except Amelie Dufamage. <laughs> so silly. Yes. Well, very tragic. Yeah. Much this, like this movie. Yeah. This is, uh, this is definitely an interesting movie. Oh, well, wait. We're not done with numbers. Oh, go for it then. Yes. April 21st, 2017 is when this gets a release in the UK. And then I couldn't actually find a release date for the United States. So not sure what happened there. Maybe it didn't release over here. Yeah. Well, it had a box office. Uh, so it did go to theaters. It made $28,450. And it also has a DVD sale reporting of $48,829. And I do have a DVD of this. You do? I do. Oh, so I had never heard of this movie before. I never heard of this movie either. But how do you have a DVD of it? It was given to me by Steph. When? It was a while ago. Because mm. it's over, I've been meaning to watch it. I just... Oh, okay. It okay. just never came up. But anyway. Mm-hmm. So this movie, very low budget. I mean, I'd imagine. Uh, I don't have a number for the budget. But I... it's obvious that it's very low budget. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's... There's really not that much that goes into it. No. But with that said, this movie's made by this guy. His name's Michael O'Shea. Yeah. It's the only thing he's ever done. Huh. He's never done anything. After, um, if you get on IMDb, it says that he has a short film that he was working on that was supposedly completed called Milo. Oh. After this. But I couldn't find anything about it. Outside of it just saying that this movie, that it's a short, that he did end up finishing it, but I can't find anything, any trace of it. Hmm. Interesting. But what I did find was an interview with this guy. So this is from his interview. I've been a bouncer, a cab driver, and the last decade I fixed computers, but I've been writing scripts the whole time because he went to uh, film school in the nineties. S U N Y. Sunny? Sunny. Is that yeah, oh, okay? So he went to Sunny and got like a film degree and shit. Mm-hmm. And he said, I never stopped being a creative person, but I bemoan that the art that I chose requires millions of dollars to do something. So he basically in this interview breaks down how he was like he gave himself ten years. He's like, I'm gonna spend ten years writing scripts. And if I don't make a movie, I'll say I'll say fuck it. You know, and just move on with my life. And so he wrote this slasher script and he couldn't get it budgeted. No one would pick the script up. So then he was like, okay, well maybe I can make something less ambitious, you know? So then he wrote the script for the transfiguration and he managed to get like financing for it. Probably because, you know, it didn't cost a lot of money. Right. Well, like I said, there's not a lot that goes into it. So he makes this movie and then they try to shop it around. 
But the problem is they wanted to get it to South by Southwest, but by the time they were done, they missed the time for submission to South by Southwest. So instead, they sent it to Canes. Cons. Cons. Send it to Cons. Or Cans. Cans, cans. whatever. Give me all the types of different things. <laughs> cons. Cans. Cans. Yeah. Okay. Sends it to Cans. But he never expected it to, like, get selected. Him and his girlfriend, who helped produce a lot of this, she was actually, like, in the film industry, sort of. I couldn't find, like, anything she really did that was very prolific. But in the interview, he talks about that, like, she knew some people and she was actually, like, working, like, in the industry. And her plan that they had came up, I guess, that they came up with off her suggestion was to work to try to get it into TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival. Because they missed South by Southwest. They just sent it to to Canes. Cans. Cans. It's like in fucking in, uh, like. You just have a mental block. Yeah, that's his mental block. I just can't say it. But anyway, so they never thought it would get submitted there, but it was like, oh, fuck it. Why not? We'll just send it there. And they were just completely like all in on making a uh, presentation for TIFF. Then surprisingly, they got selected for cans. cans. Yes. See, there you go. I got it. Cans. And it got like really good fucking reviews and people really liked it. It is an interesting movie. And then they got like a distribution to deal at, from it afterwards. So actually worked out for him. Yeah, sounds like it. But then he never did anything else. Hasn't done anything else since. So I guess he just went on to something else. To repair computers. Back to repairing computers. Yeah. Maybe he went back to being a bouncer or a cab driver. Ooh, well, now he went into that got that uh, that Uber money. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. He does Uber Eats now. Yeah, so, oh, I thought that was, like, that was really interesting to me. Because, I don't know, this movie's really, really fucking good. Yeah, it's definitely a character-driven movie. So, if you're, like, one of those people who can't, who needs action nonstop, you're probably not going to be into it, but... Right, but there's so much going on, but there's a lot going on. He's doing a whole lot with very little. Yeah. But with that said... Let's get to our cast. Uh-huh. Milo. Yeah. His name's Eric Ruffin. He has 11 acting credits. He did eight episodes of The Good Wife. He did this, and then pretty much since this, he hasn't done anything. He was an extra in Wu-Tang, in American Saga, and he was he's credited as, like, Goofy Guy. <laughs> goofy Guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which is, like, the furthest thing he could possibly be from his character in this movie. Mm. This fucking guy deserves an Oscar award for being the most like deadpan, awkward, yeah. serious toned, like stone faced child of all time. Mm-hmm. That he's- kid is acting his ass off in this fucking movie. Unless he's like that all the time. And if he is, he needs to be like under surveillance he's for def- being like a serial killer. Yeah. He's definitely very wooden. Yeah, dude, he's so fucking weird. He's so fucking weird in this movie. But we'll get it. We'll get to that. Um, and then we have Chloe Levine who plays Sophie. Right. She was in three episodes of The Defenders. She was in this movie in 2018 called The Ranger, which I've actually seen, which is about a uh, 
park ranger who goes fucking crazy and starts slaughtering teenagers to come on his mountain and start disrespecting it. That's crazy. Yeah. Eh, it's okay. It's worth watching once. A little funny uh, B-movie slasher, you know what I'm saying? This movie called The Deprave in 2019. And then this show that came out in 2020 called Trinkets, where her and two other girls go to, like, Shoplifters Anonymous. They're, uh, like, all, like, stealing addicts and shit. Is that a klepto? A kleptomaniac? Is that when you steal stuff? I think so. Okay. Could be wrong, though. But, uh, yeah, and they, like, become friends. I guess, like, hijinks goes from there. Apparently, it's, I don't know, moderately popular. Is it right? Yep. Oh, okay. It there is. you go. They're all kleptos. Uh, also in this movie, because nobody else matters. None of the other cast, none of them ever did anything. So none of them matter. Except Lloyd Kaufman is in this movie. Now, I know you don't know who Lloyd Kaufman is. No. He is the guy that owns Troma, which makes Toxic Avenger, Sergeant Kabuki Man, uh, all the Troma movies that you have no interest in. Yeah, I really don't. But for me, that is like, that's fucking awesome that he's in this movie. And then there's another guy in this movie, Larry Fessendine, and he was in Session 9, Broken Flowers of Bill Murray. You ever seen that? No. That's a that's a good movie. It's Bill Murray, and he gets this uh he gets a letter, like this anonymous letter saying that he has a child. Right. So he goes like a cross country visiting all these women that he used to like that he's like slept with to like see which one sent him the letter because he doesn't know which one sent him the letter. It's a good movie. <laughs> oh my god! Could you imagine? Hey, it's Bill Murray. Everybody loves Bill Murray. But he does he play himself? It's not like slapstick comedy. But he's playing Bill Murray looking for some love child. Yeah, but it also has like heavy moments too. Well, I don't expect it to be funny. I'm just no. he's playing but he's himself. being Bill Murray, yeah. Okay. Well no, he's not playing the character Bill Murray. I'm what's the title called again? It's called Broken Flowers. Oh, I think he you just said, plays a guy. Okay, so you said Okay, that's my bad. I okay, thought you said oh, oh, no, Broken no. Flowers of Bill Murray. Like, I thought the title had his name in it. That's why I was No, confused. no, 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 no. Oh, and I got confused. I, was, I thought you'd be like, is he being typical, like, Bill Murray? Like, I just totally, yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's a good movie. The Brave One, I Sell the Dead, Hellbenders, We Are Still Here. It's one of the first movies we ever watched when we started dating. Fun fact. Totally. Don't remember what it was about, though. I'll remind you later. Okay. Because we're on a time crunch. Yep. So, bitches love vampires, right? Bitches love vampires? Bitches love vampires. Are you... I'm like, am I supposed to answer that? Like, I'm somehow a representative of bitches? You love vampires. I do love vampires. And you know bitches be loving vampires. Yep. If it's a... Teenage angst vampire high school show. I'm all about it. I know. I'm more of a werewolf person, but unfortunately, werewolves don't put out much uh, very good content. That's because they're only a werewolf like one night a month. Yeah. Well, eh, then you have different types of uh, werewolves. You have the werewolves that are like American Werewolf in London, where it's a wolf. Like they're actually turning to like a wolf. You know. 
Yeah, a, and a, then, a wolf. Yeah. And then say you say wolf so weird. And then you got like uh, dog soldiers, which I don't even know why I use that as an example because you've never seen that. <laughs> I'm trying to think of. Uh, well, you got some that are like. Uh, like fucking. Um, uh, hairy, hairy dog people. Yeah, like what? What are those shitty movies with um, what's her name, Katie? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh god damn it! Those fucking vampire versus werewolf movies with uh, oh Kate, Kate Beckinsale. Beckinsale. Yeah, those Underworld, Underworld. You got werewolves like that. They can like talk and shit, and they're like people yeah. smart and shit like that. Yeah. You know, so you got the difference: lichens and lycanthropes, whatever you know. But anyway, the content's not good. Vampires, people churn those motherfuckers out. Because you can just stick some stupid fangs in somebody's mouth and make a vampire movie. Yeah. You know? And you got all types of different iterations of different types of vampires. Mm-hmm. So, that got me looking back on when did people start talking about vampires. Right? So, John William Polidori. 1819. He writes... The Vampire. First published modern vampire story. Right? Yes. Well, I don't know. Most people always talk about uh, Bram Stoker. The Bram Stoker Dracula. That's like where most people always yeah. go back to. That This is like 78 years before that. Okay. So Bram Stoker might have just kind of stole a concept. Well, no. He's just a more popular one. Oh. It seems like, you know, that's where everybody just goes back to. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but it was inspired by the life and times of this guy, Lord Byron. He's considered one of England's greatest poets. Now, this guy, fascinating. Uh-huh. Because I was like, whoa, what? I mean, because vampires aren't real. So what do you mean it's kind of like based off of this guy's life? This guy was this, like, prolific, like, poet who just went around just banging, like, all these women and dudes. And then he just abandoned all these people. And he has all these, uh, like, fucking his cousins and, like, all types of incest and having all these fucking kids that are supposedly his and weren't. And then, like, lovers who would, like, he would cut, he would just, like, cut people off. And these people would become obsessed with him and just like spend the rest of their days like chasing him until he died. Wait, that's what this book's about? or No, this is, this is this guy. Oh, okay. And that's where it was like, I don't know. It's really weird. A very interesting guy. And he just, I don't know. I was, there's a lot of very uh, funny shit when I was reading about him. So if you want to have just read about a very interesting person, <laughs> that Lord Byron guy. Quite the life. And he died at like 36. So he probably got syphilis. Uh, well, he was supposed to. So on top of being this great poet, somehow or another, he found his way into a military position where he was going to go to war with the Ottoman empire and he ended up getting like a fever and like a cold and dying before going into battle. But he like took leadership of like a company with no, Military background or anything whatsoever. Very fascinating guy. So definitely say people just check him out. Very fascinating story. I'll Google him later. Yeah. Then in 1847, you have Varney the Vampire. 
Now, first when I read that, I all I could think of was Jim Varney as like a shitty vampire. But apparently this was very, very popular. And it was a penny dreadful. Oh. Yes. Okay. You know what a penny dreadful is? Um, there's a show called Penny Dreadful, but isn't it just like uh, a cheap little It's like a little shitty pamphlet comic book. Yeah. And that's what this was. And it ran for like two years, but apparently it was like super popular. Right. And this was one of the first literary works that was sympathizing with the vampire. And the victim was, the vampire is more like a victim of circumstance, much like Anne Rice's interview with the vampire in 1976. And that was kind of like the first iteration of that. And that was where they first talked about fangs and having the sharp teeth. Oh. So that's where that actually came from. Now, you are Irish. Yeah. Potato princess. That's what I am. Have you heard of Carmilla? I have not, but I did see it in our movie. It is in the movie. It's referenced. This is a famous vampire story from Ireland, from Sheridan Le Fanu in 1872, and it has lesbian vampires. Ooh. Yeah. So... Even all the way back then, people were all about the the goth lesos. <laughs> Isn't history fun? It can be. Have you ever heard of porphyria? No. So porphyria is known as the vampire disease. Now, this is the disease that a lot of people say this is what people were confusing. This medical condition made people like come up with the idea of vampires, right? The symptoms of pephoria, you can't go out in the sun because you get like these skin blisters and shit. Okay. And it causes scarring. The gums recede, so it looks like you have fangs. You pee blood, or your your blood's red, or your pee's red because they have like no hemoglobin. Okay. And they also can't um, stand being around garlic, or they can't eat it because it causes flare-ups and... Their condition. Okay. Because, you know, dogs can't eat garlic either. It causes a type of anemia. Right. And so they, uh, people say that's where people got the idea for vampires or people who are actually stricken with this disease. Now, in modern times, you know, we know what it is. But it wasn't um, actually documented until, shit, I can't remember the exact day. I don't think anyone needs to know the exact date. Well, not the, well. it was 11 years before Bram Stoker's Dracula in the article that I was reading. Okay. So it's like, oh, well, shit. You know, that was like, you know, they've been going on for a while. But, dude, look if you look up pictures of, the, of people with that shit, that shit's fucked up. They and they look like, like rat vampire people. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It is uh, fucking crazy. So there you go. So our movie. Yes. Opens. In the bathroom. It does. A public bathroom. It does. A public bathroom. We have this like Napoleon Dynamite kind of looking guy. Yes, he really did kind of look like that. And he's taking a piss. Uh Uh-huh. And he hears this like slurping. Yes. And instead of minding his business, he decides to go crawl along the nasty public bathroom floor. Yeah. And look underneath the door. Yeah. And all he sees is 
shoes. Shoes. So he thinks it's some some gay blowjobbies or something, I guess. Right. And then he leaves embarrassed. Yes. But instead, it was our main character, Milo, sucking blood out of this guy's neck. Yes. Give me back of the DVD breakdown of what this is. The movie? Yes. Uh, What's it about? It's about kind of... Back of a DVD. An isolated, troubled teen boy believes he is a vampire. Do you need... Oh, I guess they need more of a descriptor <laughs> on that on the back of the DVD. There's more room, isn't there? Um, yes, but yes, that is our that is our basic premise. Yes. Yeah, and his life growing up in the projects of Brooklyn of Brooklyn. So I know that there's. I was gonna. So what I was gonna say was, I haven't seen a movie in a backdrop kind of like this. With that source material, you know, with vampires. But then there is Vampires vs. Brooklyn on Netflix. But that's a completely different tone from what this movie is. That movie is comedic. There's nothing funny going on in this movie. No, it's just tragedy all around. Yes. Yes. Very, very heavy. This was... There's a lot of heavy scenes in this without, like... Verbal descriptors, you know what I mean? Like it, the it's the the acting, yeah, the, the and acting, the imagery, the acting, the imagery, the story, and even there's not much of a soundtrack. No, but the soundtrack that they do use is so complimentary to the mood, to the fucking mood in the movie of this or the mood of this movie, right? Because we have Milo. A 14-year-old boy, and there's, like, a, at some point, there's, like, a scene with his therapist. Very early on. Yeah. And they're just, she's discussing, well, have you had any thoughts about harming animals? Are you doing that? And um, we know he's bullied. He's a well, strange kid. When he's in the session, she asks him about the animals, and he says, not anymore. I'm not hurting animals anymore. Yes. And then he tells her, I still think about it, but but I just don't act on it anymore. Yeah. And she, you know, so, yeah, very troubled kid. And, yeah, he's bullied by people at his school and people who live in his projects. Right. So we see him going home after this therapy session. And, of course, these kids chase him down to bully him. They hold him down and piss on him. And then they hold him down and piss on him. And then he goes home. And he takes off, like, his clothes to take a shower, and you see his back, and there's, like, all these cigarette burn marks all over his back. Which, they never came back. It's, I think it's just to imply... That he had an abusive... An abusive childhood. Yeah. You know, he does mention that his dad died when he was younger. And his dad was, like, kind of, like, going crazy before he died. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay. I was one. I forgot about the scars, too. So... And his brother at some point must have not been there in the household. Lewis. Lewis, because he was in the army or something. But now Lewis lives on the couch. It does appear, yes, that he yes, lives on the couch. he never leaves the couch. Yeah. And we find out that Milo's mom, the mom, has, she slits her wrists and kills herself, I guess, two years prior to this movie taking place. And that's the first time he tries blood. Yeah, and Lewis, I guess, catches him doing that. And sends him on to his 
Did Lewis catch him doing it? I think so. Mm. I don't know. Well, Milo keeps on like going to the mom's bedroom, which they just kept the same. And like he just like spaces out there. Yeah. Well, eventually Milo meets a girl named Sophie who moves into his projects. Right. She has to move in with her crazy abusive grandfather because her parents are also dead. Yes. And this kind of just, I don't know, it just sends the story off into a whole nother direction. Yeah. And again, she has a tragic life. I think there's like one scene where like she's getting like gang raped. Yes. Whatever that is. Yes. Uh, When her and Milo first like start becoming friends. Right. And they're also drinking all the time. And they're both 14. They're both 14. 14, living in the projects, just having terrible lives. Yeah. Pretty terrible lives. Pretty terrible lives. But I want to talk about Milo. Uh Uh-huh. He's so awkward. Yeah. And he has, like, no idea how to interact with people. Yeah. And it's so bizarre. Like, there's a scene where he's in the bathroom and that guy comes and is using the urinal next to him. And he just stares at him. And he just looks up at him and he's just staring at this fucking guy. Like... The whole time he's going... The whole time he's pissing. And the guy even looks at him and then starts staring back and then stops. And then he keeps looking at him. And Milo never breaks eye contact with him. And he thinks it's completely normal. Or when he first meets Sophie and he's like, oh, I'll... uh," He's like, the elevator doesn't work. You have to take the stairs. They're this way. And then he doesn't even hold the door for her. He just lets it slam right in front of her face. Right, and then he just runs up the stairs. Yeah, like he would normally do, not even thinking about her, like, at all. Right. Or when they go on her first, their first, like, when they go to see his uh, his mother's grave. Right, Sophie finds his mother's grave, because we heard that, she, well, he tells her that he didn't even know where she was buried, because Lewis wouldn't talk about it. And he doesn't even care. He doesn't care about going to his mom's grave. He's like, oh, it doesn't matter. She's never going to know we were here. She's not yeah. going to know we didn't bring flowers. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then the whole ride back, he's reading a book instead of paying any attention to her. When right. she wants to talk about her parents. Like, are you? Yeah, yeah, her parents and her shit. And be like, hey, man, do you want to talk about, like, your mom? He's like, oh, no, it's all good. She's dead. What does it matter? It's just a thing that happened. Yeah, he has no. It's like he doesn't experience emotion. At all. Right. He's like, dude, he's literally like a fucking robot. Yeah. And his, his portrayal of it is amazing. He is so fucking good in this movie. He really is. Like when you're really just, I mean, dude, he is, man. He's fucking awesome in this movie. And then the one time he show even shows emotion. Yeah. Was really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man, he was fucking that kid. It's just like the poor kid didn't know how he just doesn't know how to interact. Does not exist or emote or, or do any anything. of these things. It's yeah. like he just never, he just never was. I don't know, experienced it. But also, he feels like he thinks he legitimately thinks he is a vampire. Oh yes, and I like this kid. He spends if he's not doing something, he's studying vampires. Vampires. Any book he can get his hands on, anything he can watch. Any movie, yeah. Everything. He's studying on how to be 
the perfect vampire. And he writes and fills out these journals and fucking makes his own rules and he breaks down his own ways of hunting down people and every single thing about being a vampire. He just is like so meticulous about it. Right. It's fucking awesome. All in the middle of him just having this terrible life living in the projects. Right. I mean, he's bullied the gang people. There's his brother who I don't know if he works or just lives on the couch. I don't, Maybe he gets a check or something. I don't know. Yeah. And then well, Sophie. He does have a check because he takes it. That's where he goes. It's like his when brother he, is those like. Those scenes a, where he's standing in line, that's him cashing the check and paying their bills. But then it's like his brother is a shut-in. Yeah. Like he never leaves the apartment ever. No, he never leaves. He's always on the couch. I think you see him off the couch like one time. Yeah. And even when they're cleaning up, they're cleaning up around him being just, on the couch. Yeah, he's just sitting on the couch. Yeah. But then everything takes a turn. Right. When the murder happens. Uh, which murder? Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> Good point. So Milo, spoiler, is out here murdering motherfuckers. Like literally kills people on a schedule. He has a schedule of when he needs to feed. Yeah. Like a vampire. And he... Let's the victims come to him pretty much. That's that's what he his one so rule is. So he... There's... I mean, they mention so many other vampire movies and they make little nods to all these other vampire movies and stuff. Like, um, when he's under the bridge. Yeah. When he's like lying, like sleeping under the bridge. Yeah. That kind of reminded me of, uh, a movie. They mentioned near dark. He says not near dark. He tells Sophie near dark's a really realistic vampire movie and near dark. That's what the kid does. He acts like he got hit and he's laying down by his bike. Uh And then he waits for a car to come to see, to check on him. And then he attacks. Now that's a homage to that, but stuff like that, you know, like he's, he's recreating things that he's seeing or reading about, or like things that he reads or takes in. And these vampire stories to what he thinks could realistically work here in the real world. Right. He has like this vampire lore. And that's his whole thing. And he constantly says it realistic. Yeah. He always that says movie's not realistic. That's not realistic. Yeah. This isn't really realistic. Well, this is really good because it's, it's cool so realistic. realistic. Yeah. And that's where he, he's taking all these fucking things and he's like, okay, what's actually really realistic for a vampire. That's so fucking good. Yeah. And he doesn't think he can kill himself because Sophie asks him at one point, like if he ever thinks about killing himself and he says, well, I can't, it's against the rules. Right. But then I don't know. Should we talk about the ending? Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like I don't want to ruin it. No, I don't want to ruin the ending. No, I don't want to. Let's not talk about the ending. That's yeah. I agreed. Agreed. Just watch because the movie. This is a, yes, this is definitely a movie that you need to watch. Right. It is fantastic. It's very it's a it's just a really good character driven movie. Yeah. Like um in that interview with the guy that made this movie and he's talking about, you know, it it really bothered me that if I wanted to make something I need millions of dollars. He completely shows that you don't need millions of dollars to make a great fucking movie. No, you just with this, obviously these char- these actors are not 
big movie star actors. And no, 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 no. Like, there's no special effects. There's no costume, really, that... I mean, I think Milo wears the same shirt throughout the entire movie, pretty much. And there's no big, fancy, crazy, like, is- expensive scenes. It's just basically, like, you could... A good camera, you could make this movie. Yeah, good camera. It's just it's just so well done. Yeah, good acting, good story, good setting. Like it is. And honestly, Ella, everything's relevant. Yes. Like nothing in this movie is fluffer. Yeah, there's no filler, no bullshit, nothing that drags on. It's do this movie from beginning to end is just a good fucking story. Good movie. Yeah, it really is. Really is. Very, very solid. I enjoy it. Very, yeah. I really liked it. Definitely recommend. And it's crazy that this guy hasn't done something else. Maybe his other scripts need money. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't fucking know. Yeah. Like that's, it's a shame this guy hasn't done something else. Cause this is like. It's a shame that this movie is not better known. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Maybe he felt like he put his heart and soul in this and didn't get any of the feedback he wanted maybe so i don't know dude this kid this kid milo yeah this kid needs to be fucking doing more acting right i like sophie too she had her little britney murphy thing going on that's what she reminded me of that is who she yeah that's a yes she 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 reminded me of britney murphy in eight mile like that's exactly what she reminded me of like she tries to be upbeat despite her shitty circumstances right she's very optimistic Dude, dude, she's ride or die. Her, she, she, she is riding and dying with Milo. Yeah, she's ready to go all the way. Even when she finds out he's fucking murdering people and doing fucked up shit, she doesn't give a fuck. Well, it takes her a moment to get. It takes past her a moment, it, but yeah, yeah, to process yeah. it. She goes and processes it. And she comes back. She's still, yeah. she's still ready to ride with Milo, but it doesn't go that way. Yeah, it's such a contrast because he's so linear. In his uh, emotions and what emotions he displays. He's so linear and wooden. And then she's like, she's like the contrast. Yeah. Because she's upbeat sometimes and then she's sad sometimes. So it's like, I don't know. She's like the way, she's the contrast to his woodenness, I believe. Yeah, yeah. She's, She's filling in all the gaps. I just think it's good. It's a good movie. Watch it. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, it's to rent on Amazon for three ninety nine. Okay, that's not too bad. No, I would, yeah, I would say rent it and watch it. Yeah, three ninety nine is a good price to watch this movie for. But we own it, so we didn't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Sorry we had to kind of cut it short, run through things. We got stuff to do. We have to leave the house in... 22 minutes and Elaine has to take a shower. So yeah, I get dressed and ugh. Yeah. Maybe my so, house doesn't sound exciting at all. We're going to be late and that's okay. But yeah. Um, shit. I can't remember the name of the movie we're doing next week, but that's okay. Fuck it. We're just going to go ahead and sign off. Um, so as always stay tuned, keep watching. And for me and Elaine, bye. Goodbye.